Hello, and welcome to the first ever episode of the Slovenian Football Podcast. I am Richard Wilson, and this is the sort of offshoot, um, as it were, of uh, the History of Yugoslav Football Podcast. Um, see, if you follow me on social media, at HYFPRW, um, you'll know generally Slovenian football is probably the one I go on about the most in the region. Um, and it's something a couple of people have actually asked, you know, is it something I wanted to do separately? So this is me doing it separately. Um, it is an interesting one because obviously we'll have a bit of a different vibe to um, the other, other podcasts because on the History of Yugoslav Football podcast, when we do the ad hoc ones, we're obviously covering the region. Um, so we're not necessarily going into things in detail, aside from when we do the season previews. Um, and obviously on that, a lot of the episodes, because of the historical nature, are completely scripted, whereas this will be completely ad hoc. So if you do like me sort of making it up as I go along, then I think this is going to be the podcast for you. Um, we will have um, some little features as well, just to... Because obviously I appreciate there will be a lot of listeners who um, know the Slovenian Leagues. There will be some who will pick up this and not really know anything. So we'll also try and um, bring in a bit of local flavour, as it were, to get you used to uh, the language and the scenery and all that jazz um, that you get in Slovenian football. So what we'll do with this first one will very simply be just sort of a run through of um, the past weekend's games and also where we're up to in terms of uh, European qualification cycle. So um, Slovenia is actually one of the most successful um, European uh, things campaigns so far uh, in so much as there's been four individual wins uh, in legs, which actually puts them in, I think, about the top 10. Um, now, I greatly apologize if you can hear dogs. That's my next door neighbor. Um, <laughs> and they have yappy things. Um, now, we have four sides in Europe this season, which are uh, Maribor in the Champions League, Copair in the Conference League, uh, Olympia in the Conference League, and Mura in the Conference League. Um, all four of which are competing in the second qualifying rounds of those tournaments at the moment. Uh, Maribor beat Shakhtar Soligorsk in the first qualifying round, um, 1-0 in aggregate, to reach their current tie against Sheriff. Uh, that's obviously Sheriff Tiraspol of Moldova. Now, quickly just um, mentioning sort of the first leg. Sheriff, um, I don't know if, if anyone watched them play uh, Zerinsky Mostar, weren't massively impressive in that particular tie. They've obviously had a lot of change. Um, basically, the side is completely unrecognisable from the side that uh, was in the Champions League groups last year. And against Zerinsky, they were very, very uninspired. Um, I think that was 1-0 on aggregate, and the one was an own goal. Um, so it sort of shows how, just how close um, Sheriff were being tipped, dumped out of the cup by the Bosnian champions. They picked things up last week, I think it's very fair to say. Um, they certainly were the better side against Maribor, albeit uh, the dominance didn't play out in an actual goal. Um, it finished nil-nil ahead of the second leg in uh, Chisnau this week. Um, what I would probably caveat all that with is Maribor had quite a weird... Um, 
first week of the league season. Of course, they, lo- they did a lot of rotation for the first game of the season against Radomlie and got thumped. Um, so I think they probably came into the tie in a bit of a weird mood. Um, we'll get on to this past weekend uh, now, but I think what we'll probably see is... I don't think Sheriff will be as good this week, um, purely because... You know, I think what we saw was they were quite consistently not very good against Strinsky. Uh The game, the first leg, they were better than they showed in those two games against the Boston Champions. I think there may be a bit of regression. The, play, the players there ultimately still getting to know each other. Um, in the Conference League, uh, Coupeir are currently playing, uh, currently uh, drawn up against uh, Vaduz, uh, the Liechtenstein Cup winners of course, um, and managed to lose the first leg um, at home at Bonifica. Uh, so therefore have to go and uh, go to Liechtenstein and win, um, which it was an embarrassing result, uh, yeah, particularly when you consider, okay, Vettos um, are playing in the Swiss league system, but they're in the second tier of the Swiss league system, and I don't think they're actually allowed to qualify for the top flight. Um so, yeah, not good. Um, we'll touch on Copa a little bit later when we go into their game this past weekend. Uh, Olympia. Um, Olympia played Sepsi, who were, I think, the, I think the remaining cup winners. They were seventh in the league last season and uh, lost 3-1. But you, I think you have to caveat that uh, with, okay, firstly, it was the away leg. And secondly, um Svitsesla got sent off with 25 minutes to go. So while um, the result certainly was reflective of Sepsi's performance, I think it's also fair to say that had Olympia kept 11 men on the pitch for all 90 minutes, um, they probably would have given a slightly better account of themselves. Um, one player who has been given a very good account of himself is the goalkeeper, Matev Svitsek. Um Certainly saving saving penalties all over the shop so far this season. Um and we'll see. I think they certainly do still have a chance to qualify. Um, but you know, they need to keep all of men, men on the pitch. Uh it does help. Uh, as for Mura, Mura were playing St. Pat's of the League of Ireland. Um and uh drew the away leg there one all in spite of uh fact that St. Pat's did end up down to 10 men, albeit it was a very, very late red card. Again, you this is a side you would expect Mura to qualify against. Um, no disrespect to St. Pat's, um, but Mura are a better side. Um, so, that all said, let's talk about the actual domestic stuff that you want to go. But first, we'll have just a mention of a little sort of feature we're going to have. Something that will be a little bit of well, I hesitate to use the word fun, but um, maybe interesting. It is the language of football in Slovenia. So, Slovenia has um, a very interesting language, um, which, at the risk of offending an entire country, is also quite a silly language. Um, purely because um, of two key elements, I think, is probably important to know. Slovenian is sort of like a proto-Slavic language. And what I'm meaning by that is that there are a lot of words that are in, in Slovene that are shared by 
other Slavic languages, uh, particularly Croatian, Bosnian. Um, but uh, those languages have evolved a bit more to get rid of some of the idiosyncrasies of the Slovenian language, such as having an extra tense. So um, in English, you have singular, you have plural. In Slovenian, you have singular, you have dual and plural. Um, dual obviously being uh, what you say when there's two of something. Now, those idiosyncrasies are basically part of the reason why most Slovenians speak other languages. Um, because the way to think about it is cows. Um, in English, you'll have one cow. You'll have two cows. You'll have three cows. In Slovenian, you'll have one cow. You'll have two cows. And then you'll have three cows, something else. Um, so all nouns have an extra um, wrinkle to them. So rather than having to remember two things, you're having to remember three things, um, which makes the language more difficult. Um, I have tried learning a bit of Slovenian. Um, generally, when you try and learn Slovenian, the answer you get from a Slovenian person is, why are you learning Slovenian? Don't be silly. Um, and that is because there is a broad appreciation that it is quite a silly language, um, for want of a better term. So the word we're going to is obviously just the word for football, uh, which is nogomet. Now, nogomet is the word for football actually in quite a few places, um, specifically Slovenia, Croatia, and Bosnia. When you get down to Serbia, it's football, um, which is just F-U-D-B-A-L, um, as opposed to um, you know, football. But I mean, obviously, you can see where the de derivation of that word's come from. It's come from where it's original. It's you know, it's been translated from football and um, spoonerized, I think is the word, into it. Um, now, nogomet um, comes from noga, which is leg, and met, which is put. Um, so it's actually metati, um, but then, again, shrunk a little bit. Um, so nogomet is putting the ball using legs this is a sort of very literal translation of it, um, which is, I think, probably a bit closer to um, what you get in some other languages. Um, so, for example, in Hungarian, you have Lavadogas, which is ball kicking. It's sort of the same derivation of that, which kind of makes a bit of sense because in Slovenia, football, the very first football club, um, is Nafta Lendava. Now, Nafta are uh, in Prekmurje, and Prekmurje is the Hungarian region of Slovenia. Um, so, yes, that's that. If nothing else, you're coming out of this learning word, Nogomet means football. Um, speaking of, <laughs> going back to the actual uh, stuff that's going on at the minute, uh, rather than the historical stuff, I've got another podcast for that. Um, <laughs> We are two games into the league season so far, um, and there's only one team with full points, which is Olympia, and one team with zero points, which is Stavros Susano. And one of those is a surprise, one of those isn't. Um, we will start just simply by rounding up the weekend. It's probably going to be the easiest thing for everyone 
to do. And top met bottom. Why not? Uh, it was Olympia against Tawa Susana. Uh, finished 1-0 uh, to the away team Olympia with the goal from Almadin Zilikic in the 19th minute. Um, now, with that, there were a couple of things I was watching it to point out. The first is with Zilikic, he spent quite a lot of the preseason on the outs um, because of the nonsense um, with Rob Prosnetchi that led into the season. Um, so if you're not aware, two weeks before the season, the manager Robert Prosnetchi, um was fired for various reasons uh, by Olympia. And it came into Olympia-like silliness. Um, you will quickly get to know from this podcast um, just what Olympia are like, I think. Um, I think with Zilikic, you can tell visibly on him that he's not had a full preseason, um, which is a nice way of saying he's probably carrying a little bit more weight than than you would expect him to and than he was last season. Um, he's sort of become that quite barrel-chested um, Wayne Rooney figure um, that he didn't have so much last season. Um, so I think we're a little way away from him finding full fitness. Um, see, the goal itself came from a cock-up at the back, uh, clearance from Jan Koprovec, the goalkeeper, and it just uh, was intercepted and not dealt with, and Zilkic had an easy finish. Um, with Tavosano, they created very little. Um, that's not to say they didn't have chances, um, but you know, the chances were on angles. They weren't high XG stuff. Um, I think really when we're talking about the sides who are going to be in trouble this season, Tavosana are probably going to have given this the most evidence to say that they will be so far uh, this season. You know, you look at them the week before, so in week one, um, they were taking on Kapair, and there was a bit of hope from that, um, but, you know, they weren't really close to getting a, that close to getting a result. And while it's only 1-0, they weren't that close to getting a draw here. Uh, Olympia really could have and should have put them away by more. Um, but it is uh, interesting to see Olympia enjoying their uh, start to life under Albert Riera. Um, I think certainly no one would have expected that. And uh, pre-season, now they see have their second leg against Sepsi to come. Then this coming week, they have the Lubyansky Derby hosting Bravo. That's perfect segue to Bravo, one cup air nil. Um, now, we have a very open game. Um, I think really limited by two things from a cup air perspective. Um, the first is that they really like pushing forward. If you Follow me on the old Twitter. I do um, videos which are under anatomy of a goal, um, which sort of go through uh, analysing how things happen and, and why goals, particularly goals, are scored. We look specifically at the goal from the Spiral and Kurtovic. And it was the third of three big chances for Bravo that were obtained solely because Copairs just weren't sorting their lines out at the back. So in the second minute, um, 
they have everyone pushed up. The deepest man is 10 yards inside the Bravo half. The ball gets intercepted, put over the top for Lucas Storr. Lucas Storr should score, um, but gets a good save from uh, Golubovic to deny him. Um, a bit later, then you have uh, Mitch Kizan set free on the right. Uh, literally just carries on a run and isn't followed. Loads of space to do a cutback. Store again. He's six yards out. Hits it well. Govorge, fantastic save to uh, to keep it out. But they only have uh, so many times you can do that and get away with it. Um, the ball intercepted. Straight forward. Ball out to Saranich. The right back, uh, Luka Kambic, is caught maybe 10 yards in front of where Saranich was. So there's absolute acres of space for him to go into. Able to take a touch, cross it in, uh, and then Almin Kotovic run off his man to strike it home and strike a fairly easy finish. I say an easy finish, it's fairly similar to uh, the chance that uh, was saved by Golubovic um, from store, the, the, the second one we mentioned. But all three, we're talking about easy access uh, from Bravo on the counter um, to getting in behind the Copair defence. That is going to be a big problem for them as the season goes. The second issue for Copair is everything went through Kaheem Perez. Now, Kaheem Perez is a fantastic player. Um, you know, He is due going up to a, a bigger stage than Slovenia, dare we say. But the problem with that was is that last season Copair had options, you know, obviously... Um, Paris, Barisic, Colley, um, and you're talking about options that can switch wings, that can come at you from different angles. With how they've conducted their business over the summer, they are now very reliant on Paris, and because they're very reliant on Paris, they've become very linear. And while um, the Bravo keeper, uh, Matteo Obanic, had to make some good saves, they were all very similar says, you know, Paris cutting in from the right wing, the Bravo defense able to push him that push him, push him, push him, get that angle as narrow as possible. And Obanich, again, you know, you've got to make the saves. I think it may maybe three, maybe four saves of, of a similar ilk, getting down, making his body wide, and stopping that ball from going in from, from the angle. But he's doing it from the same angle, and you're able to reduce how effective Paris is going to be because if you're going to be scoring from quite a narrow angle you've either a got to get a lot of whip and put it into the opposite corner or b you've got to be able to put a lot of power to get it in at the near post in short there's not so it's not so high danger an, an issue for the goalkeeper and you know we saw Obanich was able to deal with those fairly easily um so that's a problem for Gobert they've got to their defence, I don't think even last season was good enough. Even though they finished second, their defence wasn't good enough to compensate for not having the sort of shape-shifting attack that they had that teams didn't deal with. If you take that unpredictability out of the, the attack, how good are Copair really? And that's what we're starting to see um, because they're stoppable this season, whereas they weren't last the side that tipped them to the title last season were, of course, Maribor, who um, had 
a slightly concerning <laughs> performance against uh, Gariccia. Now, don't get me wrong. They did uh, run out 3-2 winners in the end. And a lot of that can be put down to the performance of right-winger Nino Sugel. Now, Sugel is likely to be off. He's been very heavily linked to Budo Glimt um, in the elite Siren uh, of Norway. Uh, is that actually asked to potentially be the record signing of that club, which is quite something, you know, given they were in very deep stages of um, the Conference League last season. Um, but what they were able to do very well, um, they knew they had a mismatch between Zugel and Josta Bancic, uh, the Gorica left back, and Zugel just used his body and got himself a goal uh, at the end of the first half. Uh, just sort of able to get in front, take a touch, and slam it home. And um, the secondary assist for Ivan Biric is uh, what will be eventually the winner. Um, again, able to win a ball in the air against Dubancic, knocked it, I think, to Kronoveta. Uh, Kronoveta able to slide in Biric, and Biric able to score with ease. Um, with Maribor, see what they did on the first weekend uh, was change around 10 players uh, against Redomi and get beaten easily. This time they certainly didn't take quite such a uh, aggressive approach to the squad rotation, but there were still rotations in there. We've not yet seen Maribor domestically be able to put out the side they'd like to put out. Um, and even if they uh, fall to Sheriff this week, they obviously will be in the Europa League, um, the qualifying round against the losers of HKJ, not HKJ, HJK Helsinki, and whoever they're playing, um, because I've forgotten, <laughs> um, to be quite simple. Um, let me just find that one out. It is um, HJK Helsinki and Victoria Pilsen. Um, so again, that's actually two sides that, Mal that Maribor would have a chance against. Um, certainly, I think HJK, uh, last time they played the Slovenian side was Olympia, and Olympia thrashed them. Um, so that's a positive, even though that was a, a few years ago, it's fair to say. So yeah, I think it's too early certainly to judge how Maribor are doing just yet, although um, there's reason to be a bit wondering exactly what's going on. Um, which leaves us with two games to go. Um, we'll do uh, Rodomier-Sellier, the Friday game, first. Um, Rodomier able to get an equaliser in the last minute through Rock Jasbech uh, after Tim Matic, uh, the uh, signing from Trigav, uh, put Sellier in front. Not too much, really, to report from that. I think when I watched, it's not one of the games I watched in full. Uh, when I watched the highlights, I think there were only about four. Um, which um, probably tells you uh, what sort of quality of game it was. But Sally, that's two draws on the spin. Now, um, I think we need to expect a bit more from Sally uh, than we've gotten so far. A nil nil draw against Domsal, 1 1 against Rodomia. They face Mura this Sunday. Mura, of course, will be coming off the second leg of their uh, European Conference League tie. So if there is rotation, you've got to think Sally have a chance. Um, we'll see. Again, I think the jury is very much out on Sally, uh, and it will continue to be 
until they really perform as to what their budget suggests they should. And what their budget suggests, suggests they should is that they should be winning the blooming league. Um, let's make no bones about that. For Radonia, they've got Garic next on Friday. Um, we've seen the the opening weekend result against Maribor probably wasn't completely representative, um, given Maribor had such change. But you know, this is a continuation of the good spring form that Radonia had, and they are showing themselves that they may look to push for Europe again this season to Norman Basic. We'll see. Um, because really, well, rather than talking about the boring game, let's talk about the crazy game. Mura 4, Domzal 3. Uh, yesterday evening, it was an absolute epic. Um, so, we have... Let's just quickly... This is what Milan Daku puts Mura in, in front um, with a tap uh, And it's fair to say all the Mura goals are actually a very similar ilk Um Domzal not being able to cope with crosses from the byline and uh, Mura Strike is getting tap-ins, aside from uh, what we'll mention in a moment. Um, Ganesh Pisek equalizes. Mark Steiner uh, puts Domzal in front. We then have a missed penalty um, from Luka Popicanic. Anneli Kupovic then benefits from some very <laughs> slack defending um, to put Domzal 3-1 up at half-time. Then, then we have Milindaku make reducing deficit to three two. Then Yanis Pichek um, fouls in the box, giving Mura another penalty. Milindaku steps up and puts a very weak uh, strike straight at the keeper. But the goalkeeper Adi Mulalic, when VAR takes a look at it, had stepped off his line, so the penalty has to be retaken. Daku isn't allowed a second chance at trying to get his hat-trick from the spot. Luka Bovacanic steps up and smashes it low under um, <laughs> under Mladic. And then, finally, we wait until the 90th minute. Nikola Pekovic with his first goal for the club. Um, it is a cutback that is deflected. It's an ugly goal. Who cares? He was doing um, pull-ups on the um, stand to try and get to the fans. Absolute limbs. Mura 4, Domzal 3, it's crazy. Um, yeah, it's one of those games that just really just defies um, me actually saying all that much about it because of how weird it was. Um, Domzal, all of their goals, and bear in mind there were three of them, owed quite a lot to individual issues. Um, so for Pichek's goal, um, you have across come in um, Matthew Bradovich. Punches it away. It's not the strongest punch in the world. Pichek is just outside the box and is able to, to thread the needle through defenders to get it uh, in with a low strike. The second, um, in a sort of similar situation, cross in. Abradovich comes out. Abradovich just misses the punch. Strainer in behind him. Easy goal. The third, um, then you have the ball. Uh, comes into Stolainar. Stolainar um, picks out Jakubovic. Jakubovic beats his marker all too easily to the ball, able to take a touch and smacks a you know a precise finish um, past Abradovic. Jakubovic um, is one of my favourite players in the league. Um, I think he is more than due 
a step up um, and he certainly could handle it. When it comes to Muro's goals, obviously the fact that Domzal gave away two penalties and had one retaken because goalkeeper, I don't really know whether he classed it as a foul or as a new penalty. They had two and a half penalties. Um, so having two and a half penalties tends to help um, you win a game, particularly when you miss one and a half of them. Um, but the goals were too easy. Uh, again, you know, um, it was just getting to the and putting low balls in and Donzal having issues dealing with them. And when you have your Milan Daku is obviously a top class striker. He showed it in the spring. He's shown it at Balkani. Uh, you know, he even, let's just be honest, he showed it a bit at Osijek last season. Uh, and you don't need to give him tap-ins. Uh, and he got two of them. Um, and Pekovic, again, you know, he had a very good record in Serbia, had a bit of doldrums in France, but, you know, he is good at this level. Uh, there's absolutely no doubt about that. So it was a wild game, definitely well worth going out and seeking the highlights of that particular one. Um because it was so fun um, and a very worthwhile way of spending a Sunday evening. Um, now, see, having run through that and having run through our word of the week, that really runs us through everything that we're going to go through this time around. So let's quickly have a run up through of just the games that are coming up because we do aim to do this maybe weekly. Um, we'll see how we go with that one. So um, Tuesday, uh, Sheriff host Maribor. Uh, say inches now because not able to play in Tiraspol at the minute because of um, the nearby war that you may have heard about. Um, that's a six o'clock kickoff UK time, so seven o'clock Slovenia time. If you're listening there um, on Thursday in the Conference League, Olympia. Uh, uh, hosting Sepsi. That's another six, uh, six o'clock kickoff. Um, another early kickoff there. For Mura, they are hosting St. Pat's and that uh, kicks off an hour later. And Copair are away in Liechtenstein. I assume they play in Liechtenstein. Who knows? They're away to a Liechtenstein side and that uh, kicks off the same time as Mura. So if anyone was thinking they could watch all three games, no, that would be far too logical. Uh, you can't even watch. You can watch one in full and you can watch one half of another one. That's all you're allowed. Um, when it comes to the weekend's domestic games, uh, Garicha hosts Radomie on the Friday. On Saturday, Domzal hosts Tabo Susana. And then on Sunday, we have Olympia Bravo, the Lubyansky Derby, Sellier hosting Mura, and then the top two of last season face off to round off the weekend. Copair hosting Maribor Bonifica. Uh, and we should very quickly just give a mention to the second tier because um, I haven't so far. Um, merely to say that that kicks off this weekend as well. Um, we've got a full range of fixtures. Again, I won't. I won't roll them off um, because you know, I don't think most people, most people new to it, will be listening to this to hear me talk about um, second flight Slovenian football. Probably the biggest game of biggest two games of the weekend, we'll say Kisko uh, Alumini, Alumini's first game back in the second tier since their relegation last season, and probably Billier versus Truglav, 
um, on the Sunday. Um, Chigalav obviously missed out on promotion last season through the playoff. They have lost quite a few players. It'll be very interesting to see how they get on this season coming. Thank you very much for listening. I hope this has been an interesting experience for you. It's been an interesting experience for me making it. <laughs> never, never mind for you listening to it. Um, so yes, thank you very much for taking the time to listen and I will catch you next time.